Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Heko nai purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kiora and welcome to our changing world from RNZ. In the first Three months of this year, New Zealanders spent nearly a quarter of a billion dollars on the pokies. You heard that right. $217 million, to be precise, in the first quarter of this year alone. Pokies, or slot machines as they're also known, are an electronic gaming machine, or EGM. There are more than 15,000 of them in casinos, pubs and arcades across New Zealand. More than half of New Zealanders who present each year as problem gamblers are addicted to the pokies. So what is it about them that's so compulsive? What are they doing to our brain and why do we become addicted to them? This is something that Retina Ramal, a PhD student in the School of Medicine at the University of Auckland, is investigating. And Sonia Sly meets her to find out more. It's a drizzly grey Tuesday afternoon in central Auckland and I'm about to head into a gaming lounge. To be honest, I've never been into one before. I can usually uh, once a week. You come here once a week and how long were you playing for? Until my budget runs out. And how long I've been here? One hour and a half. Time go quickly when you're playing. What do you like about the game? I mean, is it the flashing lights? See the top of there? Yeah. See the top of you? Jackpot. Yeah. Kia ora, I'm Sonia Sly, and in this episode of RNZ Podcast, Our Changing World, I find out why electronic gaming machines are so addictive. Pokey Machine is one of the most addictive form of gambling worldwide. After heading to the gaming lounge, I met up with Retina Ramal. She's a PhD student from the School of Medicine at the University of Auckland. So I am looking at electronic gaming machines gambling and comorbidities such as depression, anxiety, alcohol use and also looking at decision making. So I'm doing a study understanding their experiences and the process that they go through from being a recreational gambler to a problem gambler. And it turns out that people don't just come back for the money, although I'm sure you already guessed that. Now, firstly, what is the difference between a recreational gambler and a problem gambler? Two different types of definitions. One's a clinical, where they meet certain points in DSM criteria to be a problem gambler. And the other is just a simple definition of creating a harm to yourself or to others around you that would consider as problem gambling as well. People are probably losing their houses, it's tearing families apart. They lose jobs, they do lose their everyday sort of settings as well. Will they keep coming back even though they've lost all of those things? Well, that's what the addiction is, I guess. Even though you do realise you are losing money and you're losing your house and family, they still come back. It's similar to alcohol and drug addiction now. If you are addicted, you would, no matter where, you, you would still find a machine to go and uh, spend your money. OK, so we know that this kind of gambling is a problem. So what is it about these games that makes people come back for more? Well, it comes down to how they're built. 
If you've seen the gaming machines inside, the audios, the videos, and the... The flashing lights. The flashing lights. The noise. I imagine it's like your brain at a party and it can't stop dancing. It actually generates impulses in the reward system. There's also the near-miss event, when the game gives you the feeling that you're just about to win, and then you don't. There are other structures like losses disguised as wins. You put a dollar, you actually win one cent, but still makes the same sort of noises, like you're winning. So even if they are losing, it still gives you that auditory feedback. Back to the gaming lounge... And you know how we've been talking about people coming back for more? And for how many years have you been doing this once a month? I would say uh, 30 years. <laughs> and, and how often will you win something? Once a fortnight, something like that. But so it's something you look forward to? Not really. So we know why these games are addictive, but what are some of the other outcomes of playing these games? The comorbidity is really high among people who gamble. So I found like at least one sort of psychological comorbidity in every gambler. It might be alcohol use, or depression, or drug use, or even anxiety. Did that surprise you? It's very high among people who gamble. Incidentally, for those people, when they're not gambling, they probably feel anxious that they need to go, and then that anxiety, is that then relieved by sitting at a machine playing for Yeah, for some of them, that's how it starts, but for some of them, it might be the other way. Once they start gambling, the anxiety might be an effect of the gambling. So it could be the anxiety that takes them to gambling to skip that anxiety. Because it is a form of pleasure, it's a release. And and sort of like escape from this anxiety that they have. Okay, so then when we're talking about, say, drug addiction or alcohol use, how does that come into play? Well, the cross-addiction, it it is very high. The venues itself, like there is alcohol serving right next to the machines. So it's very easy for them to, oh, I'll just have a drink and sit on a machine but then they do get addicted to that as well so there's both addiction that's actually working at the same time and similar to drug addictions but lots of drugs actually create that urge I guess to they get insomnia and they just go to gaming machines and then they spend their time and money. Would you say that there's a certain type of person who's more prone to addiction for a start? There is lots of research that has gone into genetics and also neurological part of the studies nowadays. It can be genetics in their brain. They might have the role of dopamine, which is reward-seeking. So it might be more into that area. It can be many other reasons as well. How much will you bring? 300. You have to pay close attention to what you're doing when you press nah, the buttons? just press the button. you got to be brain dead to use them. And how long will you stay in here? Probably three hours. When I went into the gaming lounge, there was almost an equal split, slightly more men than women. So I wonder, are men more likely to become addicted to these games? Initially, it was suggested that women are more attracted to EGM than other form of gambling. And gaming, or the gambling that actually requires skills, such as blackjack or the table games, that's where the men are more attracted. But I guess in terms of EGM gambling, both men and women are equally attracted, regardless of the gender. And it's very pretty much simple to play as well. You just put your machine, just press the buttons, there's no skills required. How many people have you involved in your research and what are you actually looking for? 
So the first study, we collected about 128 individuals and we divided into recreational gamblers and problem gamblers based on our questionnaire. So we've divided them into two groups and we actually have similar number of women and men which is actually very good for us so we can actually compare in terms of gambling and other comorbidities. And the second study that we are doing is we're looking at EGM gambling and anxiety disorder, how they make decisions in actually real-life decision-making. Do you mean how the anxiety informs their decisions when they're gaming or in life in general? In life in general. So we are using a task called IO Gambling Task. Based on a real-life decision-making task, it incorporates learning, risk-taking, all that sort of decision-making that we do in actual real life. So we're using this task and we're looking at how they make decisions throughout the task. Maybe it is chasing loss, but they actually do make very risky decisions at the end of the task. So they're making more risky decisions in general. That might explain the chasing loss behaviour that they come back for more and they involve in alcohol use and also drug addictions, that sort of other addictions. That might be the trigger like they have more risky decision making compared to the normal individuals. I mean even the concept of risky decisions it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because uh, yeah. entrepreneurs, they make risky decisions all the yeah. time and sometimes those pay um, off. From the information that they have, they, they would still evaluate before making the decisions. That might be a case in our people who have gambling disorder. So the lack of evaluation, even though they are learning, they still they are still tempted to make risky decisions. That might be the case. Within the either the set of questions that they were being asked... What were they related to? It is a test. There's four decks of cards and there's two very risky ones. There's two advantageous ones, so they give out long-term advantage. And then they are asked to collect as much money as they want. And they keep on choosing the deck of cards until about 100, 200 trials. Just performing a task and then finding out the result at the end. And so what do you plan to do with that research? How is it going to be applied to say addiction services or how can it help? Because decision making is like an integral part of our life, everyday life, so knowing that could definitely help in health treatment services, finding out better treatment, because the relapse rate in gambling is very high compared to even other sort of disorders and addictions. While this is not your area, sort of looking at addiction to digital technology and you know kids starting games really early as well and addictions to iPads would you envisage that that later on is there a chance that those young people then are going to be easily susceptible to becoming addicted to gambling and online gaming and addiction to other online websites there it is increasing problem it could have an effect similar to gambling so early age as well because it's not part of my experience, it is very difficult for me to say this is going to happen, but it could definitely affect or have an impact for the later life. And it does show that starting gambling early in the age, like 18, has more effect compared to starting gambling later in the age, so that could actually impact as well. Because it then becomes habitual, right? Yeah, and your brain is still developing until the age of 25, so that could have an impact on your brain as well. That was Retina Rimmel from the School of Medicine at the University of Auckland, and I'm Sonia Sly. 
If you'd like to find out more, you can head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. And don't forget that you can find us as a podcast in all the usual places. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.